It's November 20th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Welcome back to another episode, all you strong, confident runners. I am your host, Alex Main, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Apostoli Everniatis. I love that you say my last name, just in case people confuse me with the other Apostoli. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I'm just doing my job as a host over here, just making sure my co-host is comfortable, confident, and ready to go. Anyways, you guys, big breaking news right now. We have an email newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter. If you've been getting it, we hope you've been enjoying it. If you are like, what is this weekly newsletter? You should sign up. Head over to creamcitypacers.com. I'm doing this live as I'm recording because I just made this page. Go to creamcitypacers.com forward slash newsletter and you can sign up. It's that easy. Every week, we're going to send you hot content directly to your inbox. So you're probably going to hear about our new episodes, inspiring stories that we find, kind of what's going on in our community. I don't know, Apostoli, give me your feedback. Past guest, past guest uh, updates. We always you, love keeping up with with the people that we've uh, featured on the show, and I know I know you guys like it too. So we feature what what is up with them. We can't just keep bringing them back to the show all the time. So this is a great opportunity to... Talk about their news, right, Alex? Yeah. Have you been enjoying them? I love it. I, I've been waiting for these email newsletters. You've been kind of applying to this for a while, and this is the time to do it. I've been talking about newsletters, and I've been talking about merch. I've been talking about merch a lot longer than I have the newsletter. The newsletter was just a little easier to get up. But let me tell you, before Apostoli and I hit record on this episode, we were just talking about pricing on our merch. We are not retail experts, but... uh we put some prices alongside of it, so we hope you enjoy them. You listen to other shows, you listen to YouTube channels, and you keep hearing them talk about, go support us on Patreon, go do this on Patreon and support us. We don't do that. If you want to support, you can buy the merch. We're not making much money on the merch, uh, but it's a way to support because you're also putting our brand out there. You're running, yeah, make, and sure, make your chest, chest out, as uh, Matt Tell will tell you, right? You, you got to put your chest out. When you run, that way the logo becomes bigger, stretches it out, and you you are promoting us better uh, out in wherever you're running. So, yeah. So we get to name like each like line of clothing item with the different logo on it. Um, and I have this one. It's called Cream City. Oh, it's called Official Pacer Ghost White Edition. Like that sounds like some sick merch, doesn't it? Ghost, Ghost White Edition. Edition. Yeah. I love it. I got the chills. It's a cool, I'm going to buy one of those. I don't own one of those yet, but I will buy it once we put it live for sale. <laughs> There's no like Cream City Pacers discount. Like I make this. You think I'd be able to get a shirt for free? It's like, no, you still got to pay the price that you put on the site. So you've gotten me a lot of shirts and I appreciate it. Thank you. I never even asked you how much you paid for it. Oh, dude, for my co-host, you get it for free, man. Thank you. I'm wearing one right now. You are. It's, it's a limited edition. Nobody's going to see it. No, yeah, limited edition. <laughs> Don't. I made some sample merch uh, earlier this summer and gave Apostoli some. And uh, yeah, we'll just say we're the only ones who own those. But um, well, yeah, and maybe it'll be limited edition. Whatever you're gonna buy, uh, whatever the listeners are gonna buy, maybe we'll yeah, stop let me producing say, this, that. 
Yeah, I sorry to cut you off again, but this is going to be limited merch runs. I mean, we're talking like 25 to 50, and then we're cutting it off. So if you want to have it, you can have it. Limited editions. You can bring it's a good talking point. We're like, yeah, this is like one of 50 shirts in the world, and I own it. Later on, years later, man, you'll be showing this shirt, and people will be like, I want to pay, I'll pay you five times what you paid to buy that shirt off your back. Uh, you want to talk about buying shirts off people's back. When I was in college, I went to Country USA. For those of you who don't know what Country USA is, it is a country music festival in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where you basically camp out for four days, drink vodka lemonades in the hot summer sun, and listen to country music in the heart of Wisconsin. So I, I, uh, I had this phase in college where I bought basketball jerseys from like China for like 20 bucks. And I had a Chris Carter Raptors jersey. Uh, if you know what that is, like the Raptors have, they were the dinosaur logo back in the day. Mm-hmm. The bat. And I was wearing it and a guy came up to me. He's like, I'll buy that jersey right now from you for 20 bucks. And I said, $100 and you have a deal. And he said, 50. And I said, 100. And he said, I can't do it. And I said, all right, see you later. So that's the closest of closest i've ever been to someone buying something off my back and they didn't have enough money what a poor person hopefully Never be poor hopefully you'll be more successful selling our merch <laughs> but hey if you buy it now someday someone's going to want to buy it off your back maybe a country usa if so charge a hundred dollars you'll make some money off of it we have a great episode for you guys today as always and we have Corey waltering on he this past summer he uh, set the fastest known time on the ice age trail uh, covering over 1,200 miles in 21 days, 13 hours, and 35 minutes, shattering Annie's old time. And Annie was a past guest on the Cream City Pacers. So we talked to Annie, and now Corey broke her record. So we get to talk to Corey. I was looking into fastest known times, obviously, mm-hmm. before we, well, we, and I was like, hmm, fastest known times. Like, I know the Ice Age Trail. Like, what else is there? Like, what else is in there? So there's a website like fastestknowntime.com and I was looking at it and there's one for the Milwaukee loop. So I've thought about this. I'm like, Hey, I know what I'm like, could we run the outskirts of Milwaukee and could we do it? Like it's never been done before wrong. It's been done before. (laughs) So I have it right here. I have it up on my screen. It's in our show notes. If you want to take a look at it as well, but guess who just set the record this year. And we've, we brought him up multiple times on the show for winning uh, for placing at races this summer. Sam Hall. Sam like we talked about Sam, about winning a bunch of races this year. So Sam, Sam, you've been just like, we're going to have to bring you on the show soon for how much we talk about you. But he, it's so the perimeter around Milwaukee on this fastest known trail is, is it's a 50K, 32.3-ish miles. And uh, he did it in four hours, 19 minutes and 47 seconds. Now, John Little, so John Little, I'm not throwing you under the bus. You have the record for supported. So it is all you. You actually set it on uh, September 19th, 2020, which was a few months ago. I was giving a shout out to Sam who did this in four hours, 19 minutes and 45 seconds on October 22nd, 2020. Uh, and he did it unsupported. October or August? August 22nd. Uh, August. Sorry if I said the wrong date. But also uh, Paul Bowerman. Uh, set the previous unsupported record before Sam 
on April 26th, 2020. So what I'm getting at is a bunch of people just hit COVID hit and they're like, let's just drop the FKT on the Milwaukee Loop. So I thought this was pretty cool. And also, I think this is a bucket list item. Like I think you and I train for this and next year we run this and maybe we get some other runners once we all get vaccinated and uh, we all do this. I think this would be sweet. Hmm. This is this is where my mind went this week. I like it. It sounds like we are we trying to shatter this because I don't know if we can. I don't know. No, no. Well, dude, that's so fast. How many miles is that? Four one nine. Four hours 32. and nineteen minutes. By the way, yeah, somebody should do it in four hours and fourteen minutes. That's it. Yeah, he did. Sam did do it. It says it right there. It says four right? hours and nineteen. Dude, check this out. How odd is this? So if you look at. If you're on, if everyone listening to this is on the fastest known time, click his Strava account. Okay. It opens up his Strava and his time says 414. So uh, before you said that, I was like, this is super sweet. He did it in 414. So something's wrong, whether it's his Strava or what fastestknowntime.com said. So I think we should train for this. It would be our first 50K. It'd be a road 50K and it'd be super cool because I've never done this, but I've seen a ton of people bike it before. Um, all right. So that's my aspirations for 2021 while I'm thinking for what I want to do in 2021. And I see a comment on his Strava underneath a nice touch with the 414 time by Bill Hutchinson. That brings about Bill. Isn't Bill the, the one that takes the pictures of stuff? Yeah. Bill is MKE jogger on Instagram. Bill, come on the show too. We'll reach out to you. Bill's run like every street and takes awesome photos so you should follow him on strava and on instagram super fun are you running how many miles did you do this week this past week uh i think i did like 25 just under 25 incredible um yeah i mean not like a ton like i said i rolled my ankle the other week but um just some maintenance miles but man it's so hard like I, i have excuses like we talked to tracy johnson the other week and she has zero excuses she run she has run for over 255 days in a row and i still continue to find excuses and i've been trying to just cut that out which is mean i've just been getting out the door for a lot of like three mile runs so when you when we're in our training cycle for marathon training and you rip off like a nine mile training run and then like a 15 mile long run like all of a sudden you're at 40 miles for the week when you run just three miles every day (laughs) the mileage doesn't really add up at the end of the week i was like wait i ran like three miles four times and i ran eight miles and then five miles on sunday and it was only 23 miles how i ran five five days this week it's just funny how about you how's training going good good it's going well i had to skip my long run last week but i did do it this week a day late or two days late, I did it Monday night. I did it on ni- at nighttime, which is horrible because I have to figure out how to do nutrition. And usually I eat at night and run in the morning. But this time I had to run in the evening and it was dark. It's it's fine. It's it, it's all good. Um, I keep remembering what, what Matt Thal said about pro runners just skipping runs and saying, forget it. I'm going to go out and do it again tomorrow and I won't burn out. And I had a tough week mentally, uh, for many reasons, some things that happened in my world. Uh, so I'm just happy to, to get back in it, man. I just tried not to be so hard on myself. So it's been a great, it's been going well. I've been in touch with Matt Thal planning the next 
the next uh, steps after I'm done with the the one that he the pl the training plan that he gave me for this month. So I'm I'm ready to go. I'm super 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 happy. What's so? How many weeks into training for this marathon? I'm are in you? seventh now. I'm in the seventh week. This is well, what's like your most mileage. It was thirty-two miles, so I'm getting up there. Suits. I had a very good workout the other day, and I sent it to him. I'm like, dude, you gotta see this, because I did these basically four miles, like each one progressively faster than the last by ten seconds, and it was That's a tough workout. Yeah, it was good because I the last one ended up being in seven forty-five pace, which is not incredible, but it was for me because i haven't done that in a long time funny enough i'm looking back like two years ago at a 20 mile 20 mile uh workout that i did a long run that i did in preparation for the athens marathon and my last mile in that 20 mile long run was 745 and i'm like i got a long way to go dude <laughs> because it, but but it goes back it gets back there's no way a month ago or two months ago, if you told me that I'd be doing this right now, I would think that that's possible because it, it, it just goes to show it comes back. Just start slow and keep enjoying these small little wins. I remember you, you sent me the screenshot of the last like five miles of that run with the 20 miles. And I was, I still have flashbacks. You're like, dude, that is so impressive because like you and I are the same runner. And then you started that training program and just took it to like the next level. Like you're like, we were talking like, how do we become three hour marathoners? That's something you and I probably will talk about for a long time coming, <laughs> right? Like we're four hour marathoners and a lot of people started somewhere, but like I haven't like significantly dropped it. You know, I think my PR is like 354, mm -hmm. but like you were dropping it. Like you were close to like doing 330. Like you were set up for like a 3.30 marathon, especially with that finish. And I was like, dude, this is it. Like, it's possible. We can do this. And I was like, I always remember that when I'm having a bad day because it's like, yeah, you're going to have bad days, but like just keep pushing and you're going to hit it. And in this episode, I, we, I would like to talk to our guest today, Corey Waltering, about his failures because I'm looking back. I was just looking back today, actually, at that run. And I remember you being like, my God, dude, you're, you're killing it. You're doing so well. And I was truly in the best shape of my life for running, running wise. I get to Athens. I get jet lagged big time because I, you know, there's a big hour difference. My cousins visited the night before the, the, the race and they were being extremely loud. They were these little kids and I couldn't sleep well. I slept like two hours that night. I, I PR'd, yes, I PR'd by four minutes, which is, okay, cool. But I was in shape for 24 minutes faster than that. I don't know why I fell off the wagon after that, man. I'm not, I, I didn't run. So that was, in my mind, was a big failure. I failed to run that 330 marathon that I wanted to run. And just look at all the runs I missed out on, dude it's there's there has to be a better way to deal with with that and and i know it's possible yeah. i know it's possible i know it's probably based on what i've heard from about Corey and a lot of failures of his yeah the dude can get back on his feet and go running the entire ice age trail in 21 days and beat the record 
Yeah, it's it's you know it's pretty crazy because you even you just saying that or whatever you're everyone listening right now what your own story of that is is like it's like I just not who I am <clears throat> or I can't do that or that's impossible when it's like no it's excuses and it's it's other things and you know I think the thing just running twelve hundred miles across the Ice Age Trail and all the other races we know Corey has done like failure has to be a part of that in order for you to get to where you are like you're telling me running for 21 days is going to be be pure bliss like no I for a fact I know that I know he rolled his ankle early on and I want to talk to him about like dude I wrote I just recently rolled my ankle and I didn't do anything for two weeks it's like well how did you continue to go on it's just like you could have easily made that a failure and an excuse and I think you know, you hit, you hit your, you hit on it. I'm excited to kind of get into that with him. So this week I ran with the time change. I hate it. It's dark. You gotta like it work ends and it's dark outside. So I'm running in the dark for the first time and you you can't see anything. And I also think my vision is going bad. I just like, I'm getting old and blind and I can't see anything. There's nothing on the trail. I got like my vest is lit up, but I don't have a headlight. And I can't see anything, and I'm starting to think, like, is something going to jump out at me? Oh, is that something up on the trail? Is that a deer? Is that a coyote? Oh, my goodness. And what comes to my mind? The Milwaukee lion is lurking in off the Oak Leaf Trail. Now, for those of you who don't remember, the Milwaukee lion was a thing back in 2015. Um, There were some videos people took that a lion was loose in Milwaukee. And I did some research on this because it's been a few years. So when that first happened, I used to have like weird panic attacks of like, oh, is the Milwaukee lion on the other side of this like woods? Like, should we be running? Um, And here's what I found. Here's what I found. The Milwaukee lion became famous in 2015 when supposedly a lion was spotted in Milwaukee. Now, after I was doing some recon here and looking into it, it was more of a mountain lion, which is known to like northwest Wisconsin or cougars or whatever they're called. Um, and that's what it looks like, but people call it the Milwaukee Lion. And now every news station picked up on this. It was all over the place. I mean, I'm talking CNN covered it. They wrote an article on it. There was a video on it. BuzzFeed, which I BuzzFeed, they wrote an article on it. The Milwaukee Lion had its own Twitter account. Like, I mean, I'm talking like this thing was full on. And so, you know, I was like, that's what came to my mind. Like, the Milwaukee Lion's still out here in the wild. And I was like, what actually happened? Did, the, did they ever catch it? Like, well, I was thinking it was a real lion that, like, escaped from the zoo. Um, so I don't think they ever caught it because I think it was just, like, a mountain lion that somehow made it into the city. Anyways, all this was running through my mind for about the last five minutes of my run. Like, and I was freaking out. Now, could you imagine running 1,200 miles on the Ice Age Trail where you are running during the night, during the day? Could you imagine all the thoughts and everything that could be running through your head? Uh, I tell you what, it is a lot. And I'm excited to welcome our guest. So without further ado, let's jump into this interview. Today, we are joined by Corey Woltering. Corey set the FKT on the Ice Age Trail this summer by covering over 1,200 miles in 21 days, 13 hours, and 35 minutes. Corey, welcome to the Cream City Pacers podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So it is great to have you. We're excited to have you on. We've been uh, 
texting for a while looking for a day that works. And you are a moving man. You are always on the go. Uh, you are from Ottawa, Illinois, but right now you are not in Illinois. So we were chatting before the show. You were actually in Flagstaff. Is that correct? That is correct. Good old 7,000 feet above sea level. <laughs> How's that? Have you adapted to it yet? Uh, the first few days were kind of rough, and then it's been getting better since. Um, so I think I'm on day nine or day 10 right now. Um, so I'm kind of like in that moment of like, it's rough, but things are getting better. Do you, like I've been to Colorado before and I wasn't like going there to train and run. So it really was like, I got a couple runs in and it was tough, but like, did you land and you have to like take a day to kind of get level headed or did you just like go running? And if you did, did that like really mess with you? So normally I would just go running, um, after landing, no big deal. Um, well at 7,000 feet, it's kind of rough. Um, but this time one of my athletes was actually in Flagstaff also, cause he was on like this big, like Western adventure. So he picked me up from the airport and we went to Pizza Cletta and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well there's pizza, there's beer. So maybe we're not going to run today. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, I did not run the first day or two that I was here and then kind of just got back into full-on training. Nice, nice. Is, uh, do you usually go up in the mountains to train throughout the year? Uh, you know, three or four weeks at a time, a couple times a year maybe. Um, so like right now, just with COVID and like Illinois is just absolutely awful with COVID right now, like it's a great time to not be in Illinois. So, um, I'm just out here doing some training, getting ready for this 100K that I'm doing in December, and then Black Canyon uh, 100K in February. Nice. You always have the races going. You would think that after running 1,200 miles this summer on the Ice Age Trail, you might take a break, but you've been, you've been going at it. You've even run like a bunch of races since then, correct? I have. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true, but I did also take like eight weeks just off. Nice. Um, yeah, so I spent like eight weeks uh, sitting in a pool drinking cheap beer and listening to techno music and yeah, um, not a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know, it's, it's good to take time off and like this is the first summer in maybe since like junior high that I haven't been training for an event um, over a summer. So it's kind of nice to actually have like a summer break. Nice. Well, congrats on the summer break. That's been a long time coming, man. You deserve yeah, that. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Sitting by the pool sounds sounds super nice. We uh, we have a pool, but it's a kid pool. It's like a mini pool. And it's new this year to us, so it was great. I was lounging in that like every day after a run. Just throw your feet in there and have a beer, and it was great. Absolutely. Um, I hate this cold weather. Anyways, okay, let's talk about your journey across Wisconsin, your loop-de-loop around Wisconsin. The Ice Age Trail looks funny if you look at it on the map. Like, it's weird how it goes, and then it, like, splits off into certain places. We've talked about this before. But um, anyway, so I think what was cool is outside TV, like, documented your journey, and you guys created a video. How, how did that happen? Before we jump in, I kind of want to just hear about that, because I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, so I actually didn't know that Outside TV was going to have anything to do with this until uh, two days before we started. Okay. So, so um, I'd been talking to Carrie and Tim from Dream Lens Media, and they kind of had a 
project they wanted to do and we were just trying to get funding for it but with covid like a lot of major companies just were not you know willing to fund a project like that and i mean totally understandable but um anyway they were pitching it to a few different people and then finally outside tv tv was like hey like we would like to cover this and so they got the funding for it literally two days before we started so i just get a text from them they're like hey like we're actually going to be up there just throughout the process of the ice age trail and i was like oh like this is becoming a lot bigger than i thought it was going to be <laughs> yeah that's super cool and the video like the drone footage makes wisconsin look incredible there was like one shot of like this mystic river side and i was like what is this iceland or is this northern wisconsin like i don't this doesn't seem real so that was cool the one thing that you brought up like right away in that video, I mean, it's eight minutes, but it's it's awesome. We've Apostoli and I have watched it a bunch. You 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 really wanted to focus on have it be about like Midwest runners and not being sponsored. And most of our listeners from the Midwest and you're from the Midwest. So like why is that a big deal to you? And kind of just talk to us about that. Yeah. Um, you know, so being from the Midwest, like I think that people just kind of forget about us when it comes to competitive trail athletes and just competitive running in general, um, which is really like weird to me because if you look at some of the top collegiate programs for distance running, I mean, you have Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, like you have a lot of very, ta Michigan, you have a lot of very talented athletes that go to these schools. And then it's like, oh, now there's trail running. And people are just like, oh, well, you know, if you're not taking pictures of like mountains in the background or whatever, then it doesn't, you know, sell a puffy jacket or whatever. And so that's just what's super frustrating to me because um, like I moved to Boulder, Colorado, um, after college. And so I went to school in Southern Illinois, uh, moved to Boulder, Colorado, wanted to become a professional triathlete. And that just didn't work out because I ended up hanging out with a bunch of trail runners. But I was like, wait a second, I, I'm from Illinois and I didn't know that trail running was a thing. And so like, there's just like this whole like new world that had been opened up to me. And I'm like, but I know of triathletes that are from Illinois and from, you know, out west or the east coast, but I just didn't know any trail runners from the Midwest. I'm like, wait a second, like, this is something that we absolutely need to know about. And so for me, I guess it's just more important that, like, you, we get the respect that we deserve, but also, like, you know, basically, I guess, trying to be that influence for a younger generation. Because, uh, like, I just did, I didn't know about it even five years ago. Yeah, that's that that's pretty crazy. And and trail running, I mean, there we have some great trails up here in Wisconsin, and I know Northern Illinois, but it's not. It, it's like you said, there's no beautiful mountains. It's not this crazy incline where you're you know you're going up to the rim of the Grand Canyon or anything. But man, it is it gets hilly in Wisconsin, and you you showcase that. And if you anyone has been on the Ice Age Trail in certain spots, it's crazy. Like if you've been to Devil's Lake, like that's, I mean, it's Wisconsin. It's still no joke though. So why did you set out to do this? Like where did the idea come from? Uh, so yeah, this is a, that's the really funny question about this because uh, I basically did it because I was bored at home with COVID. Like, I mean, I didn't have COVID, but it was going on. All of our trails in Illinois were shut down. And so like, I just needed something to do because uh, I ran every street of Ottawa, Illinois and did a fundraiser with that. And that was great. 
but I was just like, you know, I'm tired of running on road. Like there aren't any races coming up. And so I just wanted to do something that I had never done before. And this ended up being the, you know, the project I took on, but I had three weeks to plan it. That's pretty crazy. So why did you know you wanted to go for, you know, an F an FKT or what kind of what, or were there like different ideas and, and cause like you could do anything, you could go anywhere and do this, but it was, it really wanted to stay in the Midwest and kind of hammer in that point. Yeah, uh, I wanted it to be in the Midwest, and I also wanted things to be semi-local to me. Like, I wanted something that I could drive to, um, rather than having to fly somewhere to go try to do an FKT, because we were still trying to be cautious with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, that was just, that was, the Ice Age Trail just was kind of what I've been eyeing for a while anyway. So I was like, let's go for it. And Corey... Uh, just to let everybody know and yourself, we did have Annie Weiss on the show. She was the fastest person to ever run the Ice Age Trail. Not anymore because of you. And what what I wanted to ask you is, what can you tell us about generosity? Because um, obviously you're very generous to be on the show today. And there's something about successful people and generosity. There's some correlation and I keep seeing it lately. But one of the things that we know is that Annie Weiss, the person that you were trying, whose time you were trying to beat, actually helped you and, and came and joined you on the run. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Annie is amazing. Um, so she was out there and like I was in probably one of my roughest stretches of the trail um, when she actually showed up and I wasn't expecting her to be there. So that was like this super awesome surprise. Um, and it was just really cool to see her out there and just get some insight from her. And um, like it was just great that she was willing to come out and help me for basically an afternoon because um, I had rolled my ankle earlier that week. And so I was just walking and she's like, great, like we can walk. That's totally fine. Um, and then also like Jason, uh, who Annie beat his FKT, uh, he also came out to, uh, run with me on a stretch of the Ice Age Trail. And then later in the journey, Jason's wife also came out to run with me for another stretch of the trail. So that was just really cool to see, you know, like it, it's like, yeah, you know, you're going after a record, you're going after a time, but people just love to like help. And then just... As we were out on the trail, like, it was day, I think it was day six that we posted, like, a Facebook Live video where I was just, like, icing my ankle on the side of the trail. Um, Actually, no, it was, like, day nine, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, I was icing my ankle on the side of the trail, and so we did a Facebook Live, and it's like, you know, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I rolled my ankle earlier. Like, I literally can't even, like, walk at this point. So we were just like, I'd walk four or five miles and stop and ice my ankle and go four or five more miles and ice. And so at that point, um, people are like, well, what can we do to help? And I mean, these are people that I had never met before. And here we are in, like, nor I guess it would be, like, northeastern Wisconsin, uh, a little bit above, like, Wausau. Um, and it was just awesome because I was like, you know, I could really go for like lasagna and red velvet cupcakes right now. Like that's all I could think about. And I was just like, if I can just make it into town tonight, then I'll actually get lasagna and maybe we'll find red velvet cupcakes. And people are like, oh, we got this. So we show up to the next trailhead 
And there's a very nice lady that showed up and she's like, I couldn't find red velvet cupcakes, but here are 18 cupcakes that I got from the bakery. And then we were at the next trailhead and someone's like, I made you two dozen homemade red velvet cupcakes. And then uh, like, and then we, we go on and someone's like, hey, like we'd love it if you'd stay at our house tonight rather than like camping or staying in a hotel. And they're like, by the way, I made you a homemade lasagna, homemade cupcakes. And they're like, and you can have a hot shower. Just like super amazing things like that, where I'm like, um, I just really loved the experience of Wisconsin. And that is incredible. And of course, it's, that's Wisconsin hospitality, but you're out in the woods, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You did mention on your outside TV uh, uh, video, but also on other uh, interviews as well, how you, you, there was so much uncertainty of what you were getting yourself into in a very turbulent time for our country. So I, I'm sure it was very reassuring to find that that positivity uh, in the midst of all the you know tension in the world. Uh, this was May, right? Correct. You, this was back in May. Uh, if people don't remember June, this the George Floyd uh, pr uh, protests were happening across the country. So um, it was a very, very, very weird time. Um, can you tell us a little bit about speaking of generosity, just taking it back a little bit again? Um, you're a very generous person in terms of your time that you spend with uh, uh, charity and philanthropy. Can you tell us a little bit about about that and some of the highlights in the past year? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll just start with like COVID times because basically, uh, you know, there every race that I signed up for is basically just being canceled or postponed until the fall or they're like, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. So I was like, I, I still want to do something. And even though it may not be a race, I still really just wanted to be out there um, in the trail community trying to just basically promote diversity in the outdoors. Um, and, and so because of that, uh, when I ran every street of Ottawa, Illinois, it was 205 miles and I did it over 12 days, um, ending on Easter Sunday. And we did like a little raffle and we had different sponsors from town. Uh, but we ended up raising $13,000 for small businesses in Ottawa, Illinois that had to shut down due to COVID. And so with that, we bought gift certificates from those small businesses. Then we donated about 70% of it to um, frontline workers, health care staff, um, just any, like any, basically anybody that was on the front lines of COVID. And then the other gift certificates that we bought, we gave them back to businesses that maybe we weren't, we weren't able to purchase from, but we were still able to help them with, you know, like beauticians and stuff like that. So that was the first fundraiser. And then after that, it was like, hey, you know, let's do something bigger. Um, so we tied in Feeding America to the Ice Age Trail uh, FKT, and we ended up raising about $33,000 for Feeding America. And we also raised money for the Ice Age Trail. But after like two days of donations being open for the Ice Age Trail, they just said, hey, like, you don't need to worry about us. Let's go ahead and just focus on Feeding America. Um, so like, that's what I've kind of been up to this last year. Um, and just, it's, it feels good to do something like that, but it also gives you a reason to keep going when you have those super dark moments out there on the trail and you're like, what is the point of all of this? Like it is, it is literally just running, but you know, it makes it about something more. 
Oh, that that is that is incredible, and that is what you did in your community is huge. I didn't I didn't know that, and I think that's that's awesome. So kudos to you and the team for putting that together. But it goes back to running, like you just said, running can suck when you're alone, and especially with you and you're doing it for 21 straight days, and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and it can, it can like suck, and it's like it's just running. But the power of running goes so much farther than that, and we talk about that a lot in this show, and. I'm sure every runner does like the running community, right? And you, you especially hear that with like the trail running community, how it's literally a family and I, that stretches everywhere. But also being able to, um, you know, help you and give back, you know, like, hey, I can use running and I can use my feet to help create these donations and, you know, give back, whether it's Feeding America or back to your local community. And I think that's super cool. I know this summer we teamed up with another running group in, to- in town called Fear MKE, and we put on a run and then we donated all the money to Urban Underground, which is um, a local group in town that helps uh, kids become like entrepreneurial mindset. And it was like, wow, like, running can do this. That's super cool. It's, it's more than running. So, um, I love to hear that. So that's awesome. So congratulations and thank you for doing that. Um, so you talked about rolling your ankle, which I rolled my ankle like two weeks ago and I haven't done anything. So I can, I cannot even comprehend how you are, do you a finish, but we're walking four miles, icing it. Maybe it was for all those red velvet cupcakes you were getting, but I mean, on top of that, you mentioned like you would pull your shoes off to something little and there'd be 11 ticks in your shoe and mosquitoes. I mean, adversity comes to runners, but when you're doing it throughout the state of Wisconsin and you're doing it all the time, there's a lot to overcome. And we talk a lot about mental health and failure. So like, how are you able to kind of handle these almost failures? Like, and like, how is your adversity to overcome all this stuff on the run? And whether it's this race or any race, I mean, it's a loaded question, but I kind of want to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So on Ice Age, uh, I almost went home on day two. Like (laughs) day two was like that was my breaking point if I had one during this whole thing, because like on day one towards the end of the day, I realized like, oh, there are a ton of ticks out and like I had quite a few on me, but like. I wasn't too necessarily worried about them, but day two started out and I was eight miles into day two <laughs> and I came out of the woods with 40 ticks on me and I was just like, I'm done. Said, pack it up. We're going home. We're going to come back in the fall. We'll just do something like, I'm like, I am absolutely done with this. And my crew is like, no, you're fine. Like they're just ticks. Like none of them have burrowed in yet. They're just on you. It's okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. I'm done. Like we're like, I'm out. Cause I had never had a tick on me before in my life. So to come out of the woods with that many on me just absolutely freaked me out. And so I sat there in the chair for two hours and I was like, I'm not moving. You guys cannot convince me to do this. And they're like, okay, like let's, uh, you know, let's start moving again. I'm like, I'm not. So (laughs) Um, luckily there, I was talking to a few people on Instagram that have done the ice age trail multiple times and they're like, you know what? Like, it's really not that bad. They're like, if you wear tights, it will be okay. And I'm like, I'm not wearing tights. It's like 87 degrees outside. I'm like, that's not a, that's not a possibility. So they said, the other thing you can do is you can put duct tape, like sticky side out and wrap it around your ankles. So that way when the ticks like fall off the grass or whatever and onto your shoes and then try to start crawling up, they get stuck on the duct tape. And I was like, 
I don't know what kind of witchcraft and sorcery this is, but I will try it once, and if it works, then great. If it doesn't work by the time I get to the next spot, then I'm going home. So, go out into the woods with duct tape wrapped around my ankles for another eight-mile stretch, come out of the woods, and there's probably 30 ticks on the duct tape, but none of them made it past my ankles. And I was like, all right, we're back in business, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's how... That's how day two went, and, uh, you know, I was I had an amazing day one, and then I get to day two, and I only covered, like, 28 miles on day two, and, like, this is, we are off to a very rough start, but I was like, we'll, we'll get it done. Anyway, ankle rolling, um, just some very slow days. There is, like, the remnants of the tropical storm from the East Coast that ended up, like, hovering over Wisconsin for part of it. Like, there are just all these things that were just completely going wrong. And I was like, I'm just going to move forward 10 seconds at a time. Like, that's all it is. Like, you can't focus on how far you've gone. You can't focus on how far you have to go. You just have to be present and be 10 seconds at a time. And so that's what I did. And, I mean, there were days that I literally just counted to 10 in my head for hours at a time. I'm talking, like, half a day of just counting to 10 being like, it's okay. I can get through this. I can keep moving. That is how you run in the present. I mean, yeah. that's, that's it, it. People say it like, you know, be present, be present, but you literally have to be in that case. And you literally work 10 seconds at a time. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, there are moments where like even 10 seconds seemed super intimidating where I'm like, I don't know that I can move forward for another eight seconds, but I'm like, I'm already at two, so I may as well get up to 10 and then just do it again. But like with rolling the ankle, it caused like so many other just issues that like, I mean, I was in the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. And in those moments, I was just like hobbling down the road or down the trail. And I'm just like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, let's do it again. Like, that's that's all you can do. And Corey, we cannot talk about success, uh, failure without talking about success. And obviously you, you, you got to where you are through a series of failures, right? Just like most successful people. Um, we've heard in some of your podcasts uh, out there that interviews that you, that you had a series of unfortunate events. Uh, you had a couple of times you got food poisoning, you got a doctor diagnosed you with a a stress or anxiety attack uh, erroneously uh, and how do you get back up I, we want to talk to you a little bit about that because um, again Alex said we talk about mental health all the time on this on this podcast uh, and success seems to be for so many people the um, the constant chase to reassure yourself that everything is going fine that like oh here i am yeah i just finished this run and i was supposed to do it by this pace or i just did an fkt and then a day later it's like whoop i'm down again i i want to find the next thing to to go for so how has that been for you I know it's a it's a loaded question, but if you can <laughs> wait, tell I just us whatever a loaded talk, question. Now you, you can choose any of the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like 2019 was not my year. Um, I had a very rough stretch of 2019, which was also my first year running for the North Face, um, and so 
it's uh it was definitely a learning curve because i mean i i was used to traveling in the u.s for races and used to racing but you know quite a bit um and not always necessarily the biggest races but still doing a lot of events and then all of a sudden i go from like traveling around the u.s to being in 10 11 different countries in a 10 month period basically um and racing everything from 50 kilometers up to 100 plus miles and having to just figure out how to be in new places new cultures new countries um and still be able to travel train and race at a high level um and so like i just i didn't handle that well early in 2019 and so um i dropped out of maybe four of my first five races of the year I think um and of that I mean those are five different countries and so at that point it's like okay like do I remember how to run like is that what I do like I don't know and so it's it was just one of those things where honestly I was like I ran five hours and 30 minutes for 50 miles in 2016 at Tunnel Hill 50 mile and then it's like I just had not been back to that level since and uh that had been kind of frustrating um and then it's like hmm like I really I just I guess I really don't know like is this for me is it not and then you also start thinking about like oh contracts like am I going to get re-signed am I not going to be re-signed like and there's like so many other things that go into it and um but honestly though it's like I still remember the intensity and the person I was when I ran, you know, 530 at Tunnel Hill. And I'm like, I've been behind before. I've been, you know, down, but I can always pick myself up and keep on moving. So after the just giant string of DNFs um, in early 2019, is like, okay, like, I know that I can still run. Uh, we just have to go back to the basics sometimes. Sometimes you have to slow down to actually go faster. And so that's basically what I did. But like mentally, um, there's an Instagram post I put up, I think is probably after TNF Peru, but before Argentina, like somewhere in like March, April of 2019, where I even said like, you know, I haven't finished a race in like six months now. Like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Um, and like, that's the first time I publicly even said like, I don't know that this is absolutely the right thing for me. But then I came back and finished Argentina and then I won Superior 50K and then it was like this string of like successes and then broke an arrow where I end up in the ER and they're like, oh, it was anxiety. And I'm like, no, it's not. But who knows? Like, I like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's A, you're a machine. B, I think admitting, you know, sometimes it takes, you said, walking slow. And sometimes that's admitting it, like, hey, is this right for me? And instead of internalizing it, saying it out there. And I think it's different if you talk to, you know, if we're just talking or if you're literally, like, announcing it to your, like, Instagram following. And and I'm not maybe that did it, maybe that didn't. But I think that is part of, of success is, is admitting your failures and, and overcoming them. And, you know, in, in, today, in today's world, we like to, you know, you're allowed to say it more, right? We have platforms to do it. You can talk about it more. And I think, I think that can help. And not only you, but other people as well. So we're glad you're back. You're a machine. And we appreciate it. So I have a friend. His name's Dan Biddick. 
I told him we were going to have you on the show. And he goes, hey, I met Corey up north in like St. Germain, Wisconsin. He just got done running a marathon. Like we're sitting at the same bar drinking together. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I don't know if you remember, Dan, but yeah, you guys, you guys met. So I asked him if he had any questions for you. And he's like, I do. So these are Dan Biddick. Thanks for submitting these questions. His first question was he just kind of wanted a breakdown of like the exact toughest moment. So I know we talked about like day two, but is there a different moment that maybe would be like number two that we could put in this answer here? Um, yeah. So like day two is definitely rough. Um, I would, oh, the exact toughest moment. So with seven miles to go, like here we are after 21 days, we have seven <laughs> miles to go. It had been raining for like the last like 20 hours or something. And so I'm, I finally made it to the town of, what is that? Uh, oh, where does that finish now? Sure. It's not sure. Um, I'm blanking on it. Of, Sturgeon Bay. So yeah, Sturgeon, Sturgeon Bay? Bay. So yeah, so like I'm literally on the outskirts of Sturgeon Bay. And I'm just like, I just want to switch my shoes and socks real quick. I only have seven miles to go, but I want to be super comfortable for this. Well, I take my shoes and socks off, and for the first time in all 21 days, I have massive blisters just covering my feet. And so there is, like, the sand and, like, the gravel or whatever mixed with the water from just, like, that, you know, rail trail type thing just ended up just annihilating my toes. And so I take my shoes and socks off, and I look at him just like, oh, this isn't good. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, I, I don't know that I can cover these last seven miles. And everyone's like, well, if you wouldn't have taken your shoes and socks off, you wouldn't have even known that you had blisters. And I'm like... That is true, but now I know that I have them, so um, I'm like, that's all I can think about. And the last seven miles literally took me almost three hours to get there. And just going through town and then getting into the park, and I'm like, oh, I'm finally in the park. Like, the finish of this has to be close, and everyone's like, yeah, it's only a mile. Well, it's not only a mile. It's still three miles through the park, and you have a climb to the finish, I didn't have a headlamp with me and it was still <laughs> raining. And so like this whole time, like I had been in such a great mood for this whole stretch. And then the last seven miles were just like miserable. And so, um, the one like redeeming, just awesome thing about that was at the Eastern terminus. Uh, there are f about 40 people or so there to watch the finish of the FKT. Um, and a lot of the people are just people that had helped us out along the way. Um, and so that was like super cool to see. That's awesome. So, okay. So on the opposite of misery is beautiful. What was the most beautiful, beautiful part of the state? Oh boy. Um, the Northwest is absolutely amazing, but it's also just brutal trail. Like it's, it is so hard up there just to get through that the first like 350 miles but it's beautiful Corey, we appreciate it this was really fun before we get out of here we have to ask our we it's our rapid fire question segment but for you this is the ice age trail edition so this oh is new so i feel like obviously you need to put some cool music in here like i don't know that's what the ice age trail sounds like to me i suppose so if you if there was one person you could have brought with you to run any segment of the ice age trail who would it have been? Uh, Stevie Nicks. 
Ooh. Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks? Yeah, I love her. Um, And just the fact that, like, as I was going through some of those rough moments, she could have just, you know, sang some songs to me and uh, it would have probably made things okay. Uh, It sounds like we need a video from you and that's going to be the, you know, how everybody's doing this cranberry video. So you need to (laughs) go back to the Ice Age Trail and and do a Dreams uh, (laughs) rendition of that. Maybe Stephen (laughs) Nicks in the background doing a cameo. Oh, that would be Speaking funny. of so, music, can I ask the next question, Alex? Yes, what you may. What is your favorite pre-raised pump-up song, Corey? Oh boy, I don't know. I don't really have one. Um, like, I I like a lot of music, but I'm very much into like hard rock, heavy metal, screamo, metalcore. Um, so anything by like asking Alexandria probably, or, um, a, not a new band that I've discovered, but a band that I've discovered, um, Archers out of Madison, they are hard rock and, uh, I cannot wait until COVID finally, uh, there's a vaccine or something. So concerts can begin again because I cannot wait to see Archers when they are opening or a headliner. Nice. I, we've, I've never heard of the Archers. I don't know about Alex. Any specific songs that you would choose uh their big song right now is composure um it's a great song um and so yeah like i i cannot say enough good things about them nice we'll be checking that out speaking of favorite things uh one book that you would recommend that has helped you with running with success with um just it could it could be a running book doesn't have to be but anything that inspired you to run better, faster, further, hmm. stronger. Well, that's interesting. Cause like, I actually don't read a ton of like running books, um, or even like mental strength books or any of that stuff. So I don't know that I have a great answer for this. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. My favorite book is East of Eden, John Steinbeck. Um, so like, I'll just say that. <laughs> I like it. Obviously, like you went very specific looking for a book on that one. I will take, if I would have asked that, I would have taken that right away. Okay. Um, we love gear on the show. So what is your favorite piece of gear when you run? Yes. Oh my goodness. This is a great question. So the North Face has, uh, the future light rain jackets that are out right now. And like, it is by far just my favorite piece of gear ever um it's a rain jacket you can also use it when it's super windy um and it's just it's so versatile like it's great in snow when it's like 20 degrees it's great in 40 or 50 degree rain um i just i love it nice this is where if we had our sponsor we could say uh use uh cory at checkout to get your north face rain jacket today <laughs> to get 15 percent off <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Okay. And then uh, our last question to wrap up here. What is one piece of advice you want to pass on to new runners? Uh, You know, start small and, uh, you know, be willing to be compassionate and forgiving towards yourself. It's okay to miss a workout. It's okay to miss a long run. It's like one workout, one long run does not make or break a training cycle. Just, you know, do what you can, but don't be afraid to rest. Um, like I, I skip workouts often, um, not necessarily often, but probably once every couple weeks, just cause I'm like, you know what, this is not the day to do it. So I just don't do it. And that's okay. 
Like, running is not something that you should have to force. Uh, it should actually, it should feel pretty good, um, and it should be fun. That is... Yeah, we, oh, we, we have to follow yeah, up, we, Alex. Okay, you go, you go, you follow up. At what point did you realize that? And how did that help other aspects of your life? Uh, Real quick. I mean. Yeah, no, that's a, it's probably been, uh, I would say in the last like year and a half or so is when I've really kind of been like, oh, it is okay to miss a workout. Like life still goes on. Like I'm not going to be any less fit by skipping one day of running. Or, you know, there are also days where I'm like, oh, like there's Sunday brunch and there are mimosas. Like, do I go out for this four hour run or do I go have mimosas like pre-COVID? But like, you know, I was mm -hmm. like, sometimes I just skip it and my coach would be like, oh, why'd you skip it? And I'm like, mimosas. And he's like, cool, you know, he's like, you put in a lot of work, like it is okay to miss things. And I mean, there are times when, yes, you do have a training cycle that you really need to be like spot on for, but once again, like that's if you're competing to like win the biggest race or like set some sort of record. Whereas like, you know, most of the time, like we're not necessarily competing for the win or the record. And it's like, it's okay. And so um, I've definitely become a lot more just like forgiving of myself if I skip a workout or um, like small little injuries and stuff. Like I'm not afraid to take a day off now because of like a rolled ankle or something like that. Um, which before I never would do. You, you know, so our, our coach who trained us for the virtual lakefront marathon this year, Matt Thull, he his one thing when we talked to him a few weeks ago was the, the thing that sets like you and like professional athletes apart from like us average runners is not doing a workout or like going out there and being like, today's not my day or I'm not doing it today and like being completely fine with that because you know that you're going to work your, your butt off tomorrow or the next day or whatever. And that's like the one thing where it's like, well, it's Wednesday and I got to go work out today. So like I'm going to go do it and it's not going to be a good track workout, but like it's on my calendar. So the fact that you're kind of saying that is you were actually starting to see it. So I appreciate that. And then I'm supposed to bring up, cause you said you love drinking mimosas and you wanted to do that. Apostoli owns, um, a, a brunch restaurant in town called mimosa breakfast and brunch. So you'll have to come up and have mimosas once COVID. So over. you just in, inadvertently, you created a nice little ad clip for us. We'll, we'll remove yeah. this audio and be like, I did it because of mimosas. Yeah. So we'll, Corey Walter said we'll, it. We'll, we'll put that at the beginning of the show. Cause I don't know how North Ways would feel about the, yeah, the, they're the, fine the, with the, it. the side we, gig. We won't. And they, if they give us the 15% code, then we'll remove the mimosa <laughs> clip. <laughs> no, they're totally fine with it. Uh, and yes, I'll definitely have to come up and uh, check that out sometime. And um, yeah, so it's actually funny. So like today, I was supposed to have a like tempo-ish type workout and I'm up here in Flagstaff and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna drop down to Sedona where I can be at about 5,000 feet rather than 7,000 and get this workout done. But what I didn't realize is it was 81 degrees in Sedona today and like 81 degrees at 5,000 feet is rather warm. And so I'm out there starting my workout and like I was on my warm up and I'm like, this just is not my day to do this. So I go to start the first interval and I'm like, no, like four minutes into it, I was like, this is just, I'm done. Like, so instead of doing the workout, I just turned it into an easy jog, continued on, still got in like two hours of running today. It was good. And then I had a moment where I'm like, oh, I wish I could have done that workout. But then I was like, wait a second, 
I'm in Sedona, like, let's look around for a second. Like, this is beautiful, it's a perfect day, it's sunny, like, I'm in the mountains, this is awesome. Like, it's not a bad day at the office. And the fact that I still got in almost two hours of running, like, it's not a wasted day. And so because of that, you know, I can just move this workout to tomorrow or Thursday or whatever, and it will be totally fine. Um, but yeah, like, I'm just, I'm very flexible in my training, and I think that hopefully that will lead to a long career. Yeah, that is key, because sometimes when you push through those workouts, if you're not feeling it or something's tight, that can lead to injuries. It's something you don't want to have, so... I like it. Be flexible. Cool. Corey, where can people find out more about you or if they want to follow you or anything you're doing? Uh, this is where you can let our listeners know. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter. I don't remember what my Twitter name is, though. Uh, so I guess you just have to search for my name and it will show up. Um, but I'm on, I, I'm on Instagram a lot, though. So Corey Woltering on Instagram is actually probably the best place to find me and most of my content because other than that, like I just... I don't know. <laughs> cool. I love Instagram. All right. And one thing I, I noticed in your outside the TV video, which we've referenced a lot in this interview, uh, you guys, you guys like to enjoy beers on your run. So what is your favorite beer right now? Oh, favorite beer right now. Cause hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to go pick that up this weekend, depending what you say, if I can find yeah. it. Well, uh, so Tangled Roots was actually a great sponsor of the Ice Age Trail FKT. Uh, they're from Ottawa, Illinois. They put out a lot of stuff. Um, during the FKT, their Kit Kupfer, which is like a pale-ish ale, wheat beer type thing, uh, super drinkable. Um, I, I think I went through like a lot of it. I'm not even going to say how much beer I went through of that. Um, but uh, the other super cool thing was, let me think, favorite beer though, Avery Brewing Company, like anything that Avery Brewing Company puts out, um, just absolutely love it. Nice. Well, I'll have to check that out and see if I can find that this weekend in good old Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm sure you can. We have a total wine by us now. Supposedly they have everything. So hopefully I can find some luck with one of these two. Oh, they should both be there, I think. Oh, beautiful. Then I'll get both of them. Oh, what a win. I can't wait till this weekend. Cool, Corey. Well, we <laughs> Yes. All right. We appreciate you coming on and we appreciate you talking to us. And we hope you enjoy your time in Flagstaff. And hopefully we'll see you in Wisconsin soon for a run. Yeah, absolutely. I told you, Matt knew. Matt, Matt hit it on the head when we talked to him a few weeks ago about pro runners just knowing when to quit and when to go. And Corey hit it on the head at the end. And what an awesome conversation. We talked about so much. I mean, we could have talked to Corey about for about four hours on everything. It's just there's so much when you run across Wisconsin and every other race he's done this year. And even him talking about like, you know, he hit a low spot in 2019. And I'm glad he talked about it. But I think, you know, when you look at like a professional runner like Corey, you do it all the time. You're like, it's just what he does. He's fast. And it's like, no, he goes through. Everyone goes through low times and questions themselves and doubts themselves. And, you know, bouncing back and being able to talk about that is, is huge. And I think that's part of success. And I'm glad we were able to kind of dabble in that. I love to see that more relaxed mentality because that's where you need to be. You're, you're out in nature. You're enjoying yourself. Uh, I think that book, Born to Run, talks 
shows that side of trail runners as well. It's nice to see that they're not just being extremely uh, regimented and hard on themselves and trying to push, 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 push. It's they're having a great time. This guy was having a great time, man. He was he was having a beer while we were talking to him. I love it. No, that was uh, that's incredible. That's something. You know, I'm going to say that's something I can't do, but that is not the attitude that we need to have. It's something we can do. You just have to put your mind to it and prepare. And whether that's something like that is years of preparation. I mean, it's this whole life. Um, so that was super cool. Corey, thanks for coming on the show. That was a blast. And I'm excited to see how the rest of your year, your year goes in 2021, too. I know you have a lot of big stuff going on. So, um, Abasoli, let's hit the listeners with some details. Yes, let's. As always, go to creamcitypacers.com. If you go right now, up on the top, it will have something about this newsletter. Alex already talked about it. He's very proud of it. And it's his little baby. And you should go sign up for it. On top of that, you can listen to the playlist of the past answers to the what is your favorite pre-raised pop-up song question that we ask all of our guests. It's a very cool way to start your run, start your day. Uh, start your day. Start your Dude, I was jamming to, me and the girls were jamming to Katy Perry Roar this morning. I am the eye of the tiger. I was losing it. We were all fist pumping in the kitchen. It was pretty funny. Oh yeah, that, that's a lyric in Roar by Katy Perry. But yeah. also, Eye of the Tiger is one of the songs on that playlist by Arun Sarkar. Uh, he answered that. So go listen to that. Comment, subscribe, rate us. We're five stars only, of course. Thank you very much to the five stars. You guys, thanks for being great listeners. You guys are strong, confident runners. If you're listening to this right now running, I hope you have a strong finish to your run. If you're listening to this, I hope this inspires you to go take a run. And until next Friday, keep on running.